morning, everybody. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, Mikey and Vanessa were up here, and I was like, wow. I'm used to, like, being up here welcoming everybody, and so my welcome is a little, it feels a little weird being up here and watching from there. I'm like, oh, I want to be up there with them. <laughs> but anyway, I get the privilege of sharing what's in my heart today. I mean, first and foremost, we are a church that honors people, and I wouldn't be able to be up here. I wouldn't, I don't even know if I'd have a church, to be honest, if it wasn't for Pastor John and Pastor Vanessa. So it is always a privilege, and I just am so grateful for you guys and who you are. And I can't, I got to give them credit always, always when I get to be up here. But yeah, I just, I, you know, I have something in my heart, something that I'm excited to talk about. I mean, when I was writing it and when I was thinking about all the, you know, what I wanted to, to share with you today, it's almost like I re-fell in love with who God is. And so <coughs> I hope hopefully that, that lands well with everybody. <laughs> and I don't come, you know, appear like some weirdo up here just blabbering. So um, <coughs> I'm just going to pray and then we'll get into it. Cool? Cool. Jesus, again, thank you so much for who you are, God. Come before my voice. I pray that my, whatever I say is what you want me to say, God. Everything is for your glory. More of you, less of me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay. So <coughs> for those of you that may not know me too well, I grew up here in Santa Rosa, born and raised. I went to high school here. Um, I went to two, actually two different high schools, freshman, sophomore year. I went to Ursuline High School, and for those of you that don't know, it's a Catholic girls' school. And so my dad was like, you're a teenager, we're going to have you go with all the girls, no boys. <laughs> but what he didn't know is right across, like, the canteen or, like, the place where we all had lunch was an all-boys school. And so we had lunches together, like, we saw the boys, like, they were there. So I don't know what my dad was thinking, but he decided, I, wanna, I want my daughter to go to an all-girls school. And then junior, senior year, I, because I, I'd always gone to public school until Ursuline. So I was a public kid through and through, you know, like, even in bad neighborhoods. All, I grew up in, you know, going to, to, to very diverse schools. And so then junior, senior year, I went to Maria Creo High School, and I was like, oh, okay, this, this school's normal now. Like, the guys are in my class with me, and it's not weird. It's not, you know, I just felt normal. But anyway, freshman, sophomore year. Ursuline, so this school, like, it's pretty, pretty small compared to other public schools. Like, in our class, maybe there was maybe 50 girls in each class. So it wasn't terribly big, and everybody knew each other. At least once a day, you'd see every single girl in every single class. And, you know, you just knew everybody. So it was a pretty big school. And, that, th and I keep saying that because that's important. So um, anybody know what superlatives are? So in high school, at the end of the year, we get a yearbook. There's a yearbook committee. There's a yearbook, you know, class or whatever. And they, they get all the memories of the year and, you know, put it into this yearbook. Well, there's a section in that yearbook called superlatives. And superlatives are like, you know, giving labels or giving, you know, uh, best dressed all year or most likely to become a movie star or, you know, just according to your personality, according to who you are, they kind of give that label to you. Like, I think she's going to make it here or I think she, you know, she was, she always had blah, blah, blah all year. Just kind of recognition, right? A special recognition in the yearbook. 
So I actually got nominated for one of those. My nomination was for best hair <laughs> in the sophomore year <laughs> class. One of the best year, but you know, you get you get nominations, so there's multiple people that get nominated for this one title. And so I was kind of like, I had a, like a pep in my step. I was like, oh, best hair, okay. Like, you know, combing a little extra every day, like best hair, best hair, I gotta win this. And then it comes down, so you don't, we didn't figure out who got the title until the yearbook comes out. The yearbook comes out, and I did not win. <laughs> it was not me, it was somebody, I know, it's tragic, I know. I'm still getting over it, clearly. <laughs> but so the one of the mo more popular, popular person in our class got it, and I knew she was more popular, and I was just like, all right, like take the loss, you know, win like, or lose like a trooper, and so I didn't win. I didn't win that title, and and I never got nominated for anything else again. And I feel like I only got nominated because the school was so small. Because when you go into a big school, there's a lot more people. And I am not, a I was never a Miss Popular. I never was like out there and everyone knew me. I was never like that. So that was my one shot. And I still didn't get it, but it's okay. <laughs> but anyway, I just, when, John, when Pastor John asked me to talk about what we're talking about today, I couldn't help but think about that, that, time in my life or uh, that moment in my life. Pastor John asked me to talk. So last week, if you weren't here, we talked about how God strips away of labels that either people put on you or you put on yourself, just like from voices that you hear from while, while you're growing up, you know, just things that we stick on ourselves and we think that we are and becomes part of our identity, so to speak. And so this week, he asked me to speak about labels or how, or what God thinks about you, and what what the, the things of God that become part of who you are. And so, when I was thinking about that, I just, you know, I, I thought of this superlative example, and how like it could be taken away, right? It was taken away from me for like two days. I was like, yes, best hair, and then, no, <laughs> actually not. You you don't have the best hair. But the things that of God, the, th the labels that God gives you, the things that God says about you, nobody can take that away. That is one thing that cannot be taken. So I was like, you know what? I'm excited because this, this is about us. This is about you. And I made, wanted to make sure that I made that clear, like that I was telling you something about you and encouraging you with that. So I just, you know, I'm really excited. I told Pastor John that, you know, maybe these are things you already know, but like I said in the beginning, it got me ex excited again about living a life with Christ and saying yes to God being the boss of my life. So hopefully, again, it lands well. <laughs> um, the first thing, the first one I wanted to talk about, the first label, the first thing about your identity that that kind of gets on, on your clean slate now, right? You got rid of your labels last week. Your clean slate is you are a loved one, a loved one. And to me, I think this is a pretty important one. This is a pretty big one. If you don't remember anything else I say this morning, try to remember this one. <laughs> you are a loved one. In Isaiah 54:10, through the mountain, though the mountains be shaken and the hills be removed, yet my unfailing love for you will not be shaken nor my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord who has compassion on you. 
And I love that the last, what the last song we sang and, and the songs that we sang this morning, because I feel like I kept, we kept hearing that, right? That your love isn't shaken, that you love me more than I can imagine. And that's what we feel. That's, that's the truth. That's the reality. There's nobody in this world that can love you the way God loves you. And that's the first thing that, that, that the label that you should put on yourself, no matter what you're going through, no matter what somebody has said about you, or has done to you, you are a loved one. You are so, so loved. When I think about this, or when I, when I, you know, even talk about it, like even talking about it right now, it's like no human can love you like this. It's like you can't under, I can't understand it. Yet I am a loved one. And I just, and you are a loved one. And in times when we're lonely, in times when we're hurting, in times when, we feel like we're unlovable, even. Because I, I, I felt that way. Just very unlovable. Nobody likes me. Everyone hates me. I am a loved one. That he, the, the creator of this universe loves me. And that's huge. And then to go a step further, I found another verse in um, Zephaniah 3.17. It says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. So not only does God love you, he, like, rejoices over you. He is delighted in you. I always get this mental picture of, you know when a kid does something really cute, and they think they're doing something great, and they're serious, and they're working really hard, but it's really cute, the facial expressions, and just how they're doing things. And we just, like, start smiling at them because they just look so adorable. Some d- and th- I mean, this is kind of weird, but sometimes I think that's how God sees us, where he's just delighted and he's smiling and he's like, oh, my gosh, he's so cute. Oh, my God, he's so cute. Look at him. Look at him doing his life. <laughs> look at him worried. It's kind of cute. <laughs> Because God knows everything. God, God created us, and he made us with so much love and compassion. And I just want to encourage you today, because he loves you so much, because he thinks you're so valuable and so that, he, that he's, he's doting on you, you know, he, we, can, we can get rid of, 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 of stressing so much. We can get rid, we can trust him and know that, God has my back because he loves me so much. Like kids know that their parents are never going to, you know, they have so much trust on their parents, whether they realize it or not. That's the trust that we can have in our God because of the love that he gives. And so, number one, you are a loved one. Number two, redeemed. You are redeemed. The label of redeemed. In Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who is hung on a pole. Now, pole in another, another version would mean tree. And for those of us who know the story of, of Christ, know that, that Christ died on a cross. And he died for our sins. He died. He, t- he, he basically, and this is biblically true, it's the worst type of death that they can give to the worst type of criminal back in the day. So God not only, Jesus not only died, you know, he just didn't just like die in his sleep one day. He was killed in the most gruesome way. And, you know, it's just terrible, terrible way. But he did that for 
the benefit of us. It's almost like you, like, he, he, he sought us. He, he bought us. He was like, you know, I love him or her so much. I'm going to go through this so that they don't have to, so that you don't have to, so that the sin that you, that is inevitable in this world, you're not carrying that. You don't have to live with that. You don't have to, you don't have to deal with the consequences of that because I'm going to do it for you. And if that's not love, I don't know what love is. I don't know any person that can just willfully do that for somebody else without thinking twice. And that's God's love. We are redeemed. We are purchased by him. And that's a weird way of saying that. So I hope you understand what I mean. It's he just, he, 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 wa- he wants you with him. He doesn't want to be apart from you. He wants you with him. So he died on that cross the way he did so that you can always be with him and love him and feel his love because he loves us. And the baggage that we carry around every single day, because we do, we all have it. We all have stuff that we're ashamed of. We're ha- we have stuff that we regret. We have stuff that we've done that we don't like to talk about. But God, the way, when he died on that cross, he was like, you don't, don't think about that. I, yes, it happened, but I am here with you. I've redeemed you. You are good. I died on this cross because I love you, and you are redeemed, and that, I, I redeemed you because I love you so much. I don't, he doesn't want you to live that way. He doesn't want you to carry that. He doesn't want you to have that over your head. And that's because he loves you. It always comes, kind of comes down to number one. It's because he loves you. That's why I, I love that. That's why I kind of wanted to say that first because it all, all of this, it's because he loves you. It's because he loves you. So number two, redeemed. Number three, masterpiece. I personally love this one. This is a cool one too. In Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. Now, we weren't created by accident, right? There is, there is a story of creation in um, Genesis. So when God created the world, he created everything with so much intention, so much purpose. So he, you know, in, in, the, in the way he created everything, it's written in, in, in Genesis in the first book of the Bible. There was so much intention. It was like an artist creating art. And that's what we are because we're a part of that. He also made sure that we were there as well, that we were part of his masterpiece, that we were part of his artwork. He is a creative person. He's a cr- the creator that just made you with so much intention. You are his masterpiece. Your ethnicity, your personality, the color of your eyes, all intentional and all meant to, sh- to show you and tell you and, and, and shine in this world as a beautiful person, as a beautiful person inside and out. And I think for me personally, you know, this is a really, when I think about this and, and you know, of, of God, like this is what he says I am. He says I'm a masterpiece. This matters when you don't feel worthy for some reason. When you don't feel worthy of the place you're in or with the people you're around, if something makes you feel unworthy, I know we've all felt that. You know, that's an emotion that's not um, alien to anybody, of feeling just not adequate and not good enough or not even, even not 
you know, attractive enough or pretty enough or just, you know, that, that emotion. I think knowing that God actually considers you very, very, very valuable and beautiful and, you know, his, his work of art, I think is, is something that we cannot forget. It's easy to forget, but we shouldn't. We should always be reminded that you are, wa- you are a walking, talking piece of art. And it's, you know, I don't know. When I think about that, I get excited. I hope it's landing pretty well. <laughs> I'm showing you that I'm excited, but <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> it's really important to know that, you guys, that you are a work of art. And you are very intentional and purpose-filled. And it's, you know, God, God's creation is beautiful. We know that. There's a couple people in here that love hiking, going in nature, seeing the birds and the plants and knows things about every little plant out there. Well, the same God that created those beautiful things that you admire made you. And so, you know, I just, I, I love that. So masterpiece, the third label that God gives you is his masterpiece. Now, the fourth and final one, this one's another good one. I like said that about all of them. Like, this is a good one. This is a great one. The fourth and final one is his heir. You are his heir. And I like this one because it kind of makes me feel fancy, like Janice, the heiress, you know, the heiress that inherited everything. And, you know, in our society, like, being an heir means that either you're, like, if you are an heir, your parents are very wealthy and well-off probably, you know, that old money kind of thing. And then you get passed down this inheritance, and you are an heir of that inheritance. And why do parents do that? It's so that you are taken care of. You are protected for your future. You are, you have everything that you need. And, you know, it just, you're passing along um, um, a legacy of what you have. Well, that's exactly what God has done with all of us. Those of us that consider God the boss for our lives and, you know, and that we, have, we trust Christ with our life, we are an heir of, the, of, of Christ, that we inherit the kingdom of God. And, I'm, and maybe some of you are wondering, well, what does that even mean? What does that even mean? Well, for, for those of us who follow Christ, we know that this is not, this world we live in, this life that we have, is not our final home. That everything that we have is not it. All of this is temporary. There is a heaven, there is a kingdom that we have inherited that is beautiful, and it's for us, right? And I just love this one because, it, again, this is practical, too. Like, you don't have to walk around and be like, yes, I'm an heiress. Like, don't talk to me. Or, like, oh, I own this. Don't talk to me. Because, I mean, maybe you don't. Maybe you, like, people might look at you sideways like, she thinks she's an heiress. And I don't think she is. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's, in, it's important to remember this. When life is hard and you feel like, this is my life. Why is this my life? What, when this is too hard for me, I don't want to do this anymore. This is so difficult. Whatever you're going through, it could be one of the hardest things in your life. You may be going through that right now. Well, thinking, knowing that you're an heir of God and uh, uh, the creator of the universe makes you understand that this isn't it, that there's more, that this is just a moment in your life 
and that there is so much more ahead of you. That God, that your time on earth is very small in comparison to what he has in eternity for you. And when you know that, when you understand that, and when you feel that, these things that happen in our lives gets a little more bearable. gets a little more easier to cope with. So again, I'm not saying walk around calling yourself the heir of Baalah, necessarily. <laughs> I'm just saying this is such a good, you know, uh, knowing, knowledge, understanding of who you are when times are really, really hard. And I think that that's really important with, with all of these four things that God says you are because it's easy to, to, to think of these things when you're having a good day. When you're having a good day, yes, I'm loved, I am blessed, I am a masterpiece, I am an heiress or an heir. It's easy to, th to think of yourself that way, or it's, it's easy to remember that. But when life is hard, when you're going through something difficult, when you're feeling like giving up, when you're feeling doubtful, when you're feeling unworthy, when you're feeling unlovable, this is, these are the moments when God's labels on you matter the most to remember these things because these are truths that nobody will take away. Somebody took away best hair from me. But God will never, nobody can take away these four labels from you. And you will always, always, always have these as your identity, no matter what. And to me, that's exciting. That To me, that makes me feel like, all right, I could do this life. I can do this. Even when things are hard, I can do this. Because at the end of the day, I, I belong. Some, God has chosen me with purpose. God has given me all of these things and has told me these things about me, and I choose to believe just those things. And so last week, <coughs> Pastor John really amazingly, you know, showed us and illustrated to us. I wish I had that human thing that he had last week because then I could be, like, slapping stuff on it, but whatever. <laughs> Basically, we're a clean slate from last week, right? But it doesn't die on me or it doesn't. You know, I, I also understand that getting rid of that stuff can be hard. It, you know, it takes more than a week sometimes to get rid of, you know, what, oh, thank you, Joe, sorry. <laughs> um, it takes time to get rid of those things sometimes. There are certain things that probably it's like, I know Pastor John said this last week, and I know he's right, but dang, you know, this label or this problem or this part of me is hard to get rid of. Well, I want to encourage you today that despite that, even if you don't feel like a clean slate, slap these ones on. Slap these ones on because as you start to trust that that's what God says about you, those labels that you still have that, that are ugly, that you don't like, that somebody else has put on you, starts to diminish. And these labels of God, the truths of God, start to get bigger and bigger and bigger, and you'll see it in your life. The things that I, I know very, you know, I've been, I've been a Christian for a, a while, since I was a teenager. So in comparison to some people in this room, I don't have as much wisdom. I haven't lived, you know, a, a longer life. But one thing I do know about God is when you trust God and you know who God made you to be and, he, and you're confident in who God made you to be, it's infectious. You can't help but show that. You can't help but glow. And it's nothing that you do. It really isn't. It's everything that God is doing. 
And so if you're in here and you feel like you're nothing, you feel like I can't make a difference in this world, I have no purpose, I can't do anything. If you trust what God has said about you, and if you trust that these things are true, or even even sometimes, you know, this may be wrong to say, but sometimes you got to fake it till you make it. <laughs> you know, you got to, all right, you know, yeah, okay, I'm loved, sure, okay, okay, yes, I'm loved. And you may not be convinced yet, but if you practice that, if you really give it all and surrender your, sometimes your, your understanding and trust that God knows God made me this way, when you do that, it radiates off of you to other, to other people. And all of a sudden, the creation, the masterpiece that God intended you to be, you can't help but be that. And so I just hope that's encouraging for you guys today because I think this is, I think knowing how God feels about you is probably one of the most important things. That catapults you into your purpose, into who you are, into your confidence, because your confidence is not on what anybody said. Your confidence is on something what God said about you, created you, be that nobody will take away. You'll always be what God said you are. 